0: you got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Now, I want you to know, we don't believe that we just gather as a people of God so that we can do church and not hear Jesus. He brought us together so that we could get a word from the Lord, and it comes in all kinds of different ways. But if you hadn't heard the word of the Lord already, let me just clarify it to you. He has won the victory. He's won the victory. You are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. You need to buy into it. You need to quit. When I say that, some of you go, you need to quit that. Stop it. Receive in every place. Let the rain of the Holy Spirit hit every piece of dry ground that you have and bring life to it. That's his desire. So we're going to study Matthew chapter 18 this morning. And as we study it, what I want you to do is see the principle that we're talking about. There's a a principle in Scripture about the kingdom of God and bringing the kingdom of God in your life. We talked last week about, you know, if you want the kingdom, then give the kingdom. You know, the sow the kingdom. You need to to be uh, sowing the kingdom and expecting the kingdom. I guess we talked about that Sunday. We could have talked about that Wednesday. But if you weren't here either one of those times, shame on you. I mean, you missed it. (laughs) But Jesus is going to write in Matthew chapter 18. He's going to write to us. All of it in red. After he deals with us about church discipline in Matthew 18, the first part of Matthew 18 is talking about church discipline. Now, I want you to, I want you, I'm going to go through that. I'm just going to explain that to you to set up what we're about to read, okay? He's talking about church discipline, and he's saying this. This is what he says, and it's in a nutshell. This is the gospel according to Alex. He says this, if you got a brother, brother being a person who names the name of Jesus brother in Christ, someone in Christ whose name and they're sinning, go to your brother and and talk to them about it. And if they don't listen to you, take somebody else with you and try to convince them that what they're doing is contrary to the ways of God. And then if they don't hear that, bring them before the elders, the church, and let the elders begin to deal with them. And if they don't hear that, just sever relationship. And you say, well, that's, that's harsh. It's really not harsh when you understand the context of the Scripture. What he's doing is he's trying to show the, unbel- uh, the the believer, he's trying to show them what's going on in their life, that they're separated from the possibilities of the kingdom of God. Okay? You got that? Hold on to that without judging the pastor, okay? Without judging the preacher on that. Because everybody in the church world today wants to make everybody feel warm and fuzzy if they name the name of Christ, even if they're in sin. But that's not what he's dealing with. But right after he says this, Peter says this. So how many times, Jesus, should we forgive our brothers? And Jesus says 70 times 7. And that doesn't mean 490 times. What that means is infinity. It means a bigger number than you're ever going to do. That's what 70 times 7 means. So, how often should you forgive your brother? All the time, always. As many times as it takes, you forgive your brother. Well, Well, I'm not eating with him. Well, that's to show him what's going on in his life. But you still forgive him. Well, how do you do both? Well, Jesus tells us that. What it's it's about, it's about showing him what's going on in the kingdom. When you refuse to come to God in your sin and receive forgiveness for it, you're you're blocking the kingdom of God. Look at what John Piper said. John Piper says forgiveness is is essentially God's way of, of removing the great obstacle to our fellowship with him. And when you start looking at what scripture says about unforgiveness, it talks more about what what happens when people who uh, realize that they're in sin but refuse to begin to deal with their sin, that, 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 that there's something that's poured on them that separates them from the kingdom. Now I want you to see the principle that is about to be explained. Everybody tracking with me so far? There is a a way of dealing with people who are in sin in the church that is to emulate what's going on in the kingdom of heaven. But in that process, we are to be living a lifestyle of total forgiveness in that discipline. So Peter asked Jesus, how many times I must forgive him? Up to seven times, he says. (laughs) Probably like. You know, chest poked out, thinking he's real spiritual. Not one, not two, not three strikes you're out, but seven. Seven times Jesus. No, 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 no. Seventy times seven. Bigger than that. And then Jesus says this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is light. Circle that in your Bible. The kingdom of heaven is like. Now, I just want you to understand that there is no mention of the kingdom of heaven in the Old Testament. Not one time is it listed the kingdom of heaven. The only time that it starts is when John says, he makes the declaration in John chapter 3, that the kingdom of heaven is near. The very first time. And then Jesus says, it's upon you, the kingdom. And then he says, it's within you. And then he begins to explain to you, this is what the kingdom is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Say that with me. 10,000 talents. That's that's 82 pounds of gold, but that's only one talent. So it's 10, 10 talents. So that's 820 pounds of gold. which is more than you can repay in a lifetime. It's the same reference as Jesus was kind of using with the 70 times 7. He was saying the 70 times 7, more than you could ever forgive. And this one he's saying more than you could ever pay back. The debt is more than you could ever pay. And so he got this servant that owes him more than he could ever pay back. But as as he was... um, Not able to pay his master. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children. Wait a minute. Yeah, I'm right. And all that he had and payment be made. But the servant fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And the master of the servant was moved with compassion. Circle that. He was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him his debt. Now, this is what the kingdom is like. You have, you have debt against you, sin debt against you that can never be paid back. Scripture tells us that, that, that uh, the woman that was caught in adultery the, said, had, had many, many, many sins, and, and because she had many, many sins, she loved A lot. Well, in that parable, oftentimes we say, you know, if you've been forgiven much, you love much. And that's a a great thought, but what Jesus is really saying is all of us are her. All of us are in that condition. Every one of us. And so we have the ability to love him much. But here he's saying that we've got this debt, and he had compassion. Do you know in, in, in Luke and in Mark, it says about Jesus that he looked upon the multitude and he had compassion on them because they were in a place where they couldn't help themselves. One of them says that he had compassion on them and he healed them. And the kingdom of heaven is described by Jesus as being like this and then he acts it out all through the Gospels. But the servant, after he had been released and forgiven all his debt, went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is about a hundred days' wages. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you everything. And he would not. But he went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servant saw what he had had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And then the master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant? Just as I had pity on you. And his master was angry. And delivered him to the torturer. Circle torturers. Anybody got a different translation that says something besides torturers? What you got? Jailer. Who else? Anybody else? Torturer. Until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. The kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like this. This is what it's like. Right after, he talks about bringing correction to a brother. So you still bring the correction, but you just have to forgive. You have to have compassion. So correction is not absent from compassion. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So what's the issue here? Here here's what Jesus is saying. First of all, what is this is what I want you to understand about this scripture and every other scripture. What is the will of God? In this in this passage of scripture, what is the will of God? What is it? The will of God is to forgive. The will of God is to forgive the debt. And then the will of God is for the one he forgave the dead on to forgive the debt to have compassion the will of god is for both to have compassion i'm going to have compassion you have compassion i'm going to forgive you you forgive me okay now what this what this uh what this term means when we talk about you know the um the um the torturer is actually a creditor it actually means a creditor so he turned them over to the creditor until all the debt was paid. Now, what this is in reference, I want you to get a hold of this. (laughs) This is good. It's deep. But it's good. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in heavenly places. There is an enemy in John 10.10 that comes to kill, steal, and destroy he is the enemy of God. He is the one who wants to, to do everything that's contrary to the ways of God, right? You tracking with me? So you have compassion on people because when they sin, what they're doing is they're lining themselves up with the enemy of God, and they're agreeing with him. And whatever door they've opened up, whatever sin that they have become accustomed to or has made itself home in them is their creditor. They have legal right. Satan has legal right to mess with them. Because they have opened the door, they have given him right, and they've sinned. And if all of sin and the punishment for that sin is death. But Jesus came so that we could have life. And as we receive him, we're forgiven our sin. But we're not forgiven our sin if we continue in that sin. We're supposed to stop, right? What Jesus say? you sinning. Quit. Go and sin no more, right? He's going to give you the power to do that. We had a testimony last night at West Stanley Christian Ministries of Jason Honeycutt who just talked incredibly about that. We're hearing your testimony this morning, which was awesome, by the way. Thank you so much for doing that. But listen to me. Let me see if I can get this to be clear. When we open those gates, what Jesus is saying is, my will for your life is that you be free. And it never changes. That never changes. What happens is when you refuse to bring forgiveness, you open the gate back to your creditors who have a legal right. And they can torment you. They can come get you because you set the precedent of unforgiveness. So everything that you deserve you start reaping that benefit if you harbor unforgiveness. The kingdom of heaven is like this. If you don't forgive those your creditors are released on you to do damage to 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 bust hell out in your life. So if you if you find yourself In a place where you seem to be bombarded by the same old sin. You might be wanting to look for unforgiveness. If you see that hell is coming at you. You might want to see if there's any unforgiveness. And then begin to have compassion on your brother. Listen. you free. There's nothing that you did to deserve freedom. And there's nothing that those who are doing or sinning against you have to do to deserve freedom. You are to give them, you are to have compassion on them because Jesus had compassion on you. And here's the deal. Listen to me. This is so important. Jesus doesn't see them the way you see them. He sees them victorious. He sees them prospering. He sees them surrendered to Him. That's His will. Maybe they're not ever going to turn. Maybe they're not going to respond because we have free will. But what God says about them, He sees them at their max potential. And He understands that the will of God for them, for those that you have the biggest issue with on this planet he has this thought toward them of freedom and victory, and the only reason that you have ought against them I don't care how badly you've been abused I don't care how badly they've sinned against you. The only reason that they have ought against you or 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 that you could have any uh, uh uh disdain toward them at all is because. Powers and principalities in heavenly places that are contrary to the will and the ways of God. They have bought into. They have begun to allow to captivate them and capture them. And they're imprisoned by it. It's not them. You don't fight against them. You fight against the principalities in heavenly places that have won a victory in their life and so you need to have compassion on them because you were in the same condition just a just a little earlier in life and no matter what it is God wants to bring freedom to them and in this disciplinary deal what he's saying is this is how I'm going to bring freedom so don't get in the way Your way of dealing with people that are sinning and refuse to do anything about it is not better than God's way. God's trying to save them. God's trying to rescue them. God's trying to heal them because he wants them to have victory. And so if you don't line up with God's way and his will, then not only do you keep them in prison, which is what happens to the second servant, but you also put yourself back in prison. And that's why some of us are in the condition we're in today. And what Jesus is saying to me and you is he doesn't want you there. He wants you victorious. He wants you prospering in everything. He wants your thought life to have victory. He wants you to understand who he is. He wants your marriages to have victory. He wants your child rearing to have victory. He wants you to have victory at the workplace. He he wants all those things in your life. He wants you to, as you you serve him and as you respond the way he's responding to you, then the kingdom of heaven is advanced. But what you do and what we do is when we refuse to respond the way Jesus responds to us, it's not only do we keep them in prison, but we put ourselves back as well. And then we're locked in, and we can't figure out why God won't let us out. There's a principle, and I, I was reminded of it last night. If Jesus, Jesus says, if you do this, then I'll do this. If you'll come to me, then I'll forgive you. If you'll forgive others, then I'll forgive you. If you'll do this, I'll do that. You can't expect Jesus to have compassion on you and it be poured out on you when you don't have compassion on other people in the same way. And you've got to realize that you aren't the one Unless you're choosing, the only thing you can do is choice. I'm trying to make this clear. The only thing you can do is, is, have, is choose sin. And when you choose sin, you reap sin. But that's not God's will. God's will is not for you to be defeated. Say that with me. God's will is not for me to be defeated in any arena. In any arena. How many have ever known an addict? How many are an addict? And you need deliverance. That was a brave question, wasn't it? You'd have to be really brave to raise your hand. But, well, man, we'd, re- we'd be ready, I guarantee you. We'd have gun- both guns loaded. Have you ever seen an enabler to an addict? You know what it does? It keeps the addict in prison. I've got a, I got a nephew who's an addict, and his mama's an enabler. And it keeps him in prison. Because we're not dealing with the situation the way God says. And so the whole place reaps the hell that an addict brings. Just pour it on the... So if you wonder why, it's because you're not responding the way God said That happens with every sin in your life. If you enable that sin, you're in prison. And Satan has every legal right to torment you. I love the word tormentor because that's his name. He is the tormentor. And in the kingdom of heaven, if you don't respond the way God responds to you, then he'll release the tormentor. You release the tormentor. he's already set up. That's what I want you to see. It's irrevocable. It's set up. You hold the key. Jesus says, you hold the key to the kingdom of heaven. Short message. Now, I want to go back just a few verses. In the end of 18, right before we get to this part that I just talked about, this is what it says. you're disciplining people, when you're bringing the kingdom into that situation, this is what it's like. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Who looses it? We do. Who binds it? We do. Can you bind sin on a person? Yes, you can. Can you loose it on a person? Yes, you can. Or you can bind kingdom. Or you can loose kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus says you hold the key to this. I've already established it. This is how the kingdom works. This is the way it works. What are you going to do? I've already got the victory. I've already won. It's finished. It's done. I have given you victory. You're more than conquerors through me. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that I am Lord. It don't matter what it is. Every addiction is going to bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then it'll be none. It'll be dead. Every sin, every sexual sin, every sexual thought, every, every lie, every, every sin do you have compassion on people? do you look at people down your nose and say well you know they're just they're all messed up you really need to guard your heart you really need to think about do you have compassion on them Are you, do you have compassion on them enough to, to weep for them When they wrong you, Jesus says this. (laughs) Don't forgive those who forgive you. Even the heathen do that. Don't love those who love you. Love your enemies. Forgive your enemies. When somebody wrongs you, Have compassion on them and know that they wronged you because they've been influenced by the powers and principalities of darkness and they are contrary to the ways of God. Have compassion on them because God wants them to have victory in their life just like he wants you to have victory in your life. That's all I got. It's so key that we understand that believers that we are the ones who bind torture or freedom. We're the one who loose torture or freedom. We lose that. We bind it we do, by what's in our heart, by how we respond. God says, not only do I want you to be free, but I want you to loose and bring freedom and have compassion on everybody who's being tricked and fooled and imprisoned. You hold the keys to the kingdom. That's the, that's the mission of the church. You know, my heart's kind of aching this morning because I see so many people who will not face their sin. And when I say sin, I'm talking about sin. You know, sin sounds something like it's so dirty. And you know, like, you know, I mean it's got this something on it. But sin is this any way of thinking or any way of doing this contrary to what you see in heaven, to what God would do. Anything about you that's contrary to the ways of God, that's sin. If you're anxious, if you're stressed out, God says, Don't be anxious, be anxious for nothing. Well, if you're anxious, there's an issue. If you're stressed, there's an issue. You know if you if you're angry, there's an issue. Don't not deal with it. Don't be imprisoned by it. And then if you've got people in your life that have those same conditions, forgive them. Have compassion. Amen. So All I want to do is pray that in. That's enough, isn't it? I ain't got to preach for 35, 45 minutes, do I? Huh? Y'all write this down. That's enough, isn't it? I mean, that's enough. So why don't we pair up just one on one? And try not to try not to yeah, pair up just one on one. I won't even put any limitations on it. Just one on one. Stand up and pair up. Stand up and pair up. That'll... Matthew chapter 6. Let's go Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Matthew six fourteen. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Mark chapter 11. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. Matthew 9. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. Our commandment from the Holy One of Israel. This is what the kingdom is like. So why don't we just stick hands on people. You know what, man? The reason we do that is because the Bible tells us to. Just touch. And you know what just happened? Your hemoglobin went up and you got healthier. That's what just happened right there. So say to the person right off the bat, thank you for making me healthier right there. Father, I thank you for forgiving me. Yeah, let's say that together. Father, thank you for forgiving me as I forgive others. Father, I pray that I don't have a precedent that is different from yours. I pray that I have compassion as you had compassion on me. That I realize that I don't fight against flesh and blood, but hell itself. And I have the power to bind and loose heaven the kingdom of heaven on every circumstance so Father every area in my life I pray victory (laughs) let's say that again every area in my life I pray victory brought about by the cross the blood the death, and the resurrection of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Jesus, show me your compassion. And may I have compassion and forgiveness and mercy toward those who owe a dead. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.